0: You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outul.
1: Hello everybody. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco, and this is episode two hundred eighty-four for Friday, november eighteenth, two thousand twenty two. Peter Alchell, my co host and good friend, is standing by. Peter, how are you doing?
2: Good afternoon from not Columbia, Missouri, but from Coos Bay, Oregon, where I'm here uh, for a few days to visit a friend. Uh, and the weather here is, is absolutely terrific. Apparently, it's 30, 30 degrees in Columbia, Missouri. It's 55 here, so I'm delighted to be here. you. <laughs> I'm going to say welcome to In Perspective. Um, uh, my name is Peter Alchel. I'm not Bob Branco. And welcome. Um, we are having some technical difficulties, so bear with us and thank you for your patience. So uh, just, uh, uh the usual thanks uh, in order to Ray Ray uh, Raymond Gay, our producer, um, those media outlets who run our show. Uh, to our web uh, designer, Bob's web designer. Uh, the web address is www.brancoevents.com. And if you go to that site, you will see all of our um, the In Perspective shows from earliest to most, uh, from most recent to earliest. Um, we are delighted that you're all here. Um, we were originally going to interview Joe Elizabeth Pinto. Um, she is not available today. And uh, so we're going to do something a little different. We're still going to talk about books and things, but we're going to t- we're going to talk about books from many different authors. We have several authors on the call and we're going to ask them to sort of talk about what they're doing, what they've done in the past, what they're interested, what their interests are these days, um, direction they're headed, whatever comes up in this discussion. So uh, we welcome everybody uh, um, to, the, to the guest, uh, to the show um and for, for, yes listeners we are reading this this is a i'm, first I'm here peter and bob is back so bob did i miss did i miss anything
1: no you and, did a great job i just wanted to add peter thank you by the way I, I don't know why i was muted from what i understand zoom is acting quirky but that's as far as i'll take that this is episode number 284 dated friday november 18th and yes we're going to have an author's round table that's what we're going to call this program today we have about eight authors and, uh, we're going to talk to each one about what they're doing. All right, Peter,
2: go right ahead. All right. So who would like to start? Uh, who would like to start talking about what they're doing? All right. You know, what, 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 what's interesting them these days?
3: Well, this is Abby. Yeah, uh, I will you. go, huh? I will go ahead hi, and Abby. start if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, I am Abby Johnson Taylor. I live in Sheridan, Wyoming. And I am the author of six books, including three novels, two poetry collections, and a memoir. So as you can tell, I write fiction, nonfiction, creative nonfiction, and poetry. I am currently working on a collection of short stories uh, that I'm calling Living Vicariously in Wyoming. And these are stories that are set mostly in Wyoming. And the idea here is that, In any story, whether it be a novel or a novella or whatever, you are living vicariously through the characters. And so that is the idea I'm trying to portray here. And, um, so I want my readers to kind of live vicariously through these characters in my stories. And of course, now, should I give a website where my websites where people can you learn more about my books. In a a second. Course, I'll be happy to take any questions after we're done with all the yeah. and, and, as In a well. second, Abby,
2: I, I'm happy to give you that opportunity, but I, I have a, a couple of questions for you first. The first yeah. one is, did I hear a cat meowing in the background?
3: Uh, yes, this is Joy. She's my robotic cat. I had her on my lap here. I didn't think I'd be talking. And so I just had, because I figured I'd be muted all the time. And so I had her here. She's just purring away. She's just happy as a happy as a cat can be and i thought maybe she'd stay quiet while i was talking but she didn't and can so ex- yep
1: yeah. abby can you explain what robotic cat means
3: a robotic cat is well she's well, she's um she looks like a cat she feels like a cat but she's not really a cat she meows she purrs she turns her head she blinks and she stretches but and so she acts just like a cat but you don't have to worry about feeding her or take, picking up the litter, cleaning up the litter box, taking it to the vet, buying cat food—anything like that—they um, come. They come with um, batteries, uh, C batteries that have to be changed every couple months. And but that's really that's the only maintenance. They come from a company called Joy for All, and um, yeah, she knows we're talking about. You know, you're talking. About- We're talking about you, don't you? And yeah, they're and she's just been a wonderful companion. I got her through our local senior center, which has been giving them to people who are prone to isolation or have dementia. I don't think I qualify in those categories necessarily, but I inquired, and next thing I knew, here she was. So I'm just thrilled to have her. She and she's been posting on my blog every once in a while, and it's just been wonderful having her.
2: Does she have a name?
3: Her name is Joy. Joy. I just called her Joy because she comes from a company called Joy for All.
2: And so, does she does, does she figure out any any of those short stories you're
3: writing? No, not really. uh okay. I have no because most of the stories in my collection are ones that I wrote years ago, and so and I I have written a new one, but it uh, I never thought to include a cat. She might be a, she might be a character in a future story. You never know.
2: You never know. So as far as I'll oh, go ahead, Peter. No, one, one more question them. from my end. You might want to tell that cat to be quiet. You know, cats can be really annoying sometimes. They, you know, they can be. Yeah. Well, I'm
3: going to, I'm going to mute here as soon as I'm done and then I'll, I'll. <laughs> so, so
2: let us know your website that we can
3: <laughs> okay, find yes, out more this, about you. Um, that way it's it's, it's, it's https, H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash www. Abby dot com, And you'll find links. You'll find some samples. You'll find a link to my blog, plus an RSS feed with the most recent posts on it, plus links to all my books. Everything you ever want to know about me, you'll find there. And there's a contact form where you can email me. Uh, if you want to get in touch.
2: So. And joy, of course. If you have questions for Joy. Absolutely.
3: It's, it's yes, absolutely. Cool. Um, absolutely. Leave her
2: out. One other quick question before we, 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 uh, uh, the cat goes, goes off stage. Um, and, and that is, can you talk about some of the, the, uh, sort of the, the, the content of the short stories? What are sort of the, 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 well, content, the, the things um, that you're writing about?
3: You know, I've got, well, there's, there's all kinds of things. I, I've, I just finished working on one about a couple, who um get together because the nape, he, they live next door to each other and his dog barking dog wakes her up and she's got a dog and so she goes next door to complain about his dog and then they kind of fall in love and of course the two dogs fall in love um and then and then I've got some other more uh, controversial pieces that deal with um uh bigotry and uh, you know, uh homosexuality and that kind of thing. Not that I am a homosexual, of course, but I just have not inspired to write about that kind of thing. And I've got some, nice. I also have a nice, Chris- a couple of nice Christmas stories, or at least one nice Christmas story. The other is kind of Christmas, but it's kind of left up in the air. So just a variety of different topics.
2: So that 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 gay story, the homosexual story, did you post that recently on uh the uh Behind Our Eyes list?
3: I did send that to the WPL. It, yeah. I, yeah, wait, or did I, I? Yeah, I think I did. I think you did. Some of them I couldn't post there because we have a fifteen hundred word limit and they're a little bit longer. Well, but I think that, that I, one the
2: reason I'm, th- I'm saying that is because I read it and I thought it was very, very good. Uh Oh, it was,
3: thank you. Um, thank and, you. Yes. Um, you yeah. and
2: I commented back and forth about it a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah, words. we
3: did. We you know, did. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it, yeah, yeah. And it, that was one, that was a new one I was inspired to write recently after a, a conversation I had with another writer in another group. Yeah. So, anyway,
2: yeah. I, 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 if, if the quality of the stories are up, up to that level, when the book comes out, it will be well worth reading and we'll, we'll happily have you back on In Perspective when it comes out. Absolutely.
3: Um, that sounds well. great. Thank you, Abby. And thank you, thank Joy. You, for Abby, being enjoy. joy uh, well, us. you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, we thank you for the opportunity.
2: Yeah, well, my pleasure. All right, next.
3: You have a couple of the writers that have hands up. I don't oh, let's, know let's, if you, let's, yeah,
2: let's, okay. Let's do it that way. That's okay.
3: Go ahead, Deanna. That kind of would have. It was my my thought from the beginning was that that's how you want to you want to have fine. people go in order. Go, let's, okay, let's, let's Deanna, go ahead, Deanna.
1: By the way, before we do that, I just want to thank An- Andrea. That's the voice you just heard for being our host for today. And we appreciate your time and efforts, Andrea, to help us. My pleasure.
4: Thank you. I enjoy this work.
5: Go ahead, Deanna.
4: Okay. There There you are.
6: I I muted myself. Then I unmuted myself. And then I had to, (laughs) I had to figure out which one I was. Um, I, my most recent book was published last year. Um, Not, not this current, um, Well, it was published in 2020 um, to mark, no, 2021, to mark my um, mother's 90th birthday. And it was a collection of reminiscences, essays, and poems about guide dogs. And that was 50 Years of Walking with Friends, which I already talked to you about on one of these um, sessions. But I'm currently almost ready to send to my publisher, a children's chapter book about growing up of one of three children on the Isabella reservation with a single mom. And it's um, based on adventures that my brothers and I had during that period, just after our parents divorced and um, our mother returned to Michigan where her roots and her people are. And so it's, um, Fictionalized Because I add elements to it The first The inspiration for it Was a story I wrote Years ago When the um, The writer's party line First put together An anthology called Behind Our Eyes So that one You can read it in the first edition Of Behind Our Eyes And it is available in both Braille and audio from the NLS, our second anthology came out and was only done in audio, and we are in the process of launching our third one, which will be available soon. So, um I used the story from that first anthology and expanded on it to cover about a year in the lives of these children that appeared first in Christmas Pickles, which was about a grandfather's gift of a gallon jar of homemade pickles to his granddaughter because he said she was sweet and she needed something to balance her and balance is a big thing in native american thoughts on how to live your best life and so it's it's just a story about christmas time with no money but lots of love and um, The other stories cover picking fruit to earn money for school, trying to figure out jobs and things that the children could do to help their mother make ends meet, um, about what it's like to be um, Native and growing up in a society that doesn't necessarily um, grant you a lot. um, This one about. Um, a school assignment to write where your name came from. And there's, um, I, I don't have the manuscript in front of me, so I can't enumerate them all. There's about rescuing a an abandoned puppy that someone figures isn't worth keeping, and they put it out in a snowbank, and the children rescue it. And um, just other adventures my brothers and I had. Growing up and working working together, getting into mischief, Easter baskets, a lot of different things that are part of childhood, whether you're Native American or just a child growing up in the 50s without a father.
2: So, so. so Deanna, a, a, yeah, that's great. A couple of sort of random questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um so, so the first one is, uh, how many short stories do you think the book will include? It, Approximately.
6: I haven't, <laughs> until I finish putting yeah. it t- together the way I want it, I can't tell for sure because there's some things I keep debating on whether they belong in there or not. Um so,
2: so is there, is, it, is this sort of a, uh, sort of a, uh, uh one of these some
6: coming of age coming of Native age of, things that so you you with yeah, Native American from a child yeah.
2: yeah okay yeah all right that makes sense i want to go back to the 50 years of your guide dog book which which we, mm-hmm. we were really thrilled to interview you uh, here and in perspective what has that book done i mean you know uh, you know the book is great um has it has it provided you opportunities to speak about guide dogs what what what's happened with that book
6: um i've done some some podcasts um i've actually Um, An Office of Workforce Development picked it for their um, October book to read together. So the office bought copies for everyone in the office, and I met with them to talk about it. Um, And that was exciting. Um, I got contacted by a teacher who wanted to use it in her college courses, teaching um, teachers of the visually impaired. Um, So it has found a wider market than I expected because, as I said, it was a gift to my mother because she was my first and best fan. And I was delighted that she was still able at that time to read the book herself and to have it on her coffee table to show everybody when they walked in. And she did read me a passage to show me where she was in the book when I visited her two years ago. Since then, um, she has lost more capabilities and now is in an assisted living group home um, and is a phasing. But she's still in there. And when I talk to her every Saturday, I can usually make her laugh by telling her something I'm up to or, or something silly that happened and um she will get one or two words out with great difficulty usually um love you or you're my good girl something like that Yeah,
3: yeah yeah
6: but at 91 you know she she's still, she's still hanging in there and she's in there just trapped without the words to communicate um sometimes if i sing to her she'll sing a few um, lyrics oh. back.
2: Music will, music will do that, won't it?
6: Yeah. Well, so. It's
2: an amazing, amazing thing to see. Th- thank you, Deanna. I, there are other people I want to give a chance sure. to. Um, but uh, thank you for that. Good uh, luck in the again. future. Yeah. And, 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 and when that book comes out, let us know, um, so we can get you on the show and talk about the book in more detail. Alrighty. Yeah. Thank you, Deanna. Uh, who's next?
3: Next we have Ann Chiapetta.
2: And. And. Hey. Hey, How is everyone? Welcome back.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, welcome like I, back. That's right. I, I just left. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm back yeah. again. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh wow. So, I I don't want to talk about too much about hope for the tarnished because I'm like Abby um, and Deanna. I'm also on to a new project. So maybe this was like divine intervention. You guys, or let us all talk about what's coming up in our lives in terms of writing. So, uh I think it it was somehow purposeful in the universe to kind of make this happen. Um so uh you know, Hope for the Tarnis was my first fiction novel and it's doing okay, but you know, it's my first fiction novel and I realize it might not be my overall best thing in the world to have written, but it was good that I wrote it and I had the experience of writing something so longitudinal in, you know, in the process, you know. The theme, the plot you know, all that stuff. So I got good practice out of it. And if it sells pretty, pretty good um, over the next year or two, I'll be happy with it. Um, and it's being uh, recorded as an audio book as we speak. And hopefully it'll be out by January. I don't think it'll be out by by December, but um, it's going to be narrated by a male and female narrator. Um, they're going to take Turns at doing the male and female narration, so it should be interesting. Um, but I'm working on actually a nonfiction. I'm going back to my roots, um, nonfiction, creative nonfiction. Um, you know, "Follow Your Dog: A Story of Love and Trust" was my best-selling book, and uh, <clears throat> the the the. I don't want to go on too long, but so uh, after I had uh, separated from the VA. I was considering a job at my one of my local universities, Iona University. And I went for an interview there as one of their clinicians, you know, to support their student body in terms of mental health. And um, I didn't get the job, but that was okay. Um, But what happened there in that interview with the clinical director and her um, assistant director was a conversation about service animals and how beneficial they are. To help people heal and get through trauma, and um he the the one gentleman i 'll name him Mr. Jones, he said to me, You know he said there would be a wonderful book if you could write it, and you could name it beyond Bailey and i Good left title. Good title. <laughs> I, yeah, I left that um interview knowing I I did a really great job with the interview and they were really accommodating and everything, but I knew I didn't want the job, even if they had offered it, it wasn't the job for me, but I got this really good title and I put it in my, you know, my little, uh, database there. And I said, I'm going to, the next book, I'm going to write nonfiction, creative nonfiction is going to be this book. And, um, I started writing it, uh, about two months ago. And, uh, You know, it's going to be about how animals help, um, help humans heal in ways that we don't anticipate or we cannot fully understand. Uh, it's going to include some of my, um, experiences as a counselor and a trauma counselor for veterans, uh, and other populations and how I accidentally stumbled upon the use of my guide dogs as a way To enhance, um, therapeutic interventions. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and the most, mostly because this is going to be a healing thing for me too. Um, when I separated from the VA, it was not because I wanted to. It was because they, um, discriminated against me. Um, and I've since, you know, you know, won the battle with them. In terms of, you know, regaining some of my dignity back after they tried to take it away from me. Um, so this, this book is going to be about those times of success with myself, with my dogs, with the people I helped. And, um, I'm just really enthusiastic about finally getting the words down on paper and, um, you know, and, and sharing the stories with other people that care about the same thing. So, um, so that's me. Uh, you can find me on the web, um, and you spell my name A-N-N-C-H-I-A-P-P-E-T-T-A. My blog is there. I have my bio. I am, um, you can, you know, look, request me as a guest speaker. I also have audio and video there. All my books are listed and all the links to my books are listed and uh, I hope you uh you will buy the book when it comes out, and thank you for listening.
2: So, Annie, before thank you, you disappear for being uh, with us, before yeah. you disappear, Annie, um, uh, 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 first, you know, when the book is finished, we'll look forward to interviewing you, uh, you know, about the book on in on this show. But but your but your um talked about sort of this therapy, the dogs, as sort of healing or therapy things reminded me of something that I've written. Um, and, and a a lot of work that I did was getting people to work together across boundaries to find common ground and yeah, the elephants. Right. Uh, and, and one of the things I found really striking was that people would come to me when we were having these intense conversations and trying to get across those boundaries and they'd see my dog just sleeping in the corner, you know, uh, tied to a, a table usually. And, you know, that's all he was doing was sleeping. Maybe getting Go up ahead. and turning around once in a while and turn, and people come to me and say things like, your dog is so well behaved. Uh, <laughs> your dog is, um, it, it, you know, is, is handling this really, really well. And then the, the most awful one I got was, if this dog can handle this, then I can handle it. <laughs> and I thought, you know, <laughs> you know, these dogs really have an amazing power to, you know, to be part, to be part of the solution as it were. And they certainly were when, in the work I did. And any reaction you have about that will be welcomed.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the, just by being a dog, um, we get comfort and, and some acceptance about, um ourselves. And I hope to bring that out in the conversation in the book, so.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, it's, I, I, I hope this gets written and gets disseminated because I think it's an important topic that I know it's written about a lot, but I think, I think it can be written in, from a unique, you know, Nikki perspective from someone with, you know, a couple of service dogs, you know, uh, you know, yeah. worked with them. Uh, well, thank uh, you. And, and Heath, uh, my prior dog is now a unregistered therapy dog and is a huge hit at the <laughs> high school that, 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 he's at. And, um, you know, a, it, and, uh, is, is owned as it were by a guidance, guidance counselor and the dog's in the office and is there to sort of help the kids get through tough times. Yeah. And, and he's a huge, you know, he's a huge hit. So anyway.
0: Oh, that's so sweet to hear. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. another career for a guide dog. Another
2: career that's for a guide dog. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful story. Anyway, thank you, Annie, so much. And, and keep you're welcome. And, and how you're doing. And maybe we'll have you back next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take care,
7: Annie.
0: <laughs> Bye, Bob. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, next. next we have Sally.
1: Sally. Sally, whom we already Hi. have coming up.
0: Um, Hi, I'm, I'm Sally from in
1: Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah.
8: Yeah. And I've had a very checkered. Hi, thank you. I've had a very checkered writing career. Um, For most of my life, I was either an academic librarian or an occupational therapist. This was before I lost all my sight. And I wrote book chapters, um, part of textbooks, peer reviewed journal articles, book reviews. And when disability retired from both careers, I decided to write book reviews but about animals. So I contacted several animal related magazines and online um, websites and began reviewing animal books as well as writing for disability um, magazines like Disability Rag and Disability Resources Monthly. As time went on, I found out about Behind Our Eyes from Abby, and I joined, and within a few years, I was in one of Leonard Titchener's um, critique groups, and at the time, I I didn't write poetry, but I had a husband who was chronically ill with post-polio syndrome, which in his case. Um, was a severe physical and cognitive decline. And I was a 24-7 caregiver. So I didn't have a lot of time to write, but I did have short pockets of time where I could come up with things and just, I started to write poetry and held them in, in my mind. My first one was uh, about my mother, uh, who had died a few months before. It was called Salas. And I wrote it while I was writing for a dental um, crown to take hold. So um, from there, I wrote poems each month for the critique group. And Deanna and Leonard, and I don't know if there's anybody else from the group on this call, but they encouraged me to put them together in a book. I hadn't thought of writing a book, but I thought, well, you know, I'll turn 70 next year and it's either now or never. So I took the poems I had and I thought they were going to be about caregiving, but in actual fact, they turned out to be more about departed relatives, um, ancestors, dogs and cats, as well as my husband and me. And these Links to the past really, as I discovered, may be the person who could become a caregiver for someone who was turning into someone I didn't know anymore. So I strung the poems together with a few prose pieces and called the DeBorkins, at DLD books, and they said, oh, we'd love to work with you. So I thought, oh, now I, no, I've really done it. I've got to do it now.
1: I highly recommend so, it to anybody.
8: Oh, thank you. Um, so in December last year, they came out with my book, Peonies in Winter, A Journey Through Loss, Grief, and Healing. And I decided to donate all the royalties to Guiding Eyes for the Blind, not because I'm all that altruistic or wealthy but I really wanted to pay back for what they gave me my three wonderful guide dogs um, to date it's sold pretty well for an independently published book um, i've had it available on amazon in soft cover hard cover and text to speech enabled kindle And it's also on Audible with a wonderful narration by Lillian Eves. And I kept the um, price low enough on both Amazon and um, Audible to make it available to people. Because while I wanted to get some money for Guiding Eyes, what I really wanted was to give this or hand this book virtually to someone who was in the same situation I was when my husband died. And I wanted to just kind of sit down with them across my kitchen table and say, look, this is what happened for me. This is how I got through this. Let's see what works for you. And um oddly enough, it came out just before Christmas, and a lot of people said they bought it as gifts for Christmas. So I, I can't imagine what um their relatives thought when they got a book about grieving in their Christmas stocking. But, you know, I'll I'll take the sales when they come. I had thought I was going to be a one-book wonder. But over the last couple months, I've been thinking of what to do for the second book. And I have two ideas. Um, One, because I was an occupational therapist, I, I ran a lot of groups in mental health settings. So I was toying with the idea of coming up with a book that I could use to facilitate or give to others to facilitate writing projects for mainly older people to look back at their lives, to leave memories for their families. Or combined with this, I was looking at doing sort of the same thing for myself, but in Uh, memoir and poetry collection, because I will turn 70 next week, and I wanted, I didn't expect to make it to 70. When I was born in 1952, I weighed one pound, 13 ounces, so I don't complain about turning 70. I'm going to celebrate it. And I thought, well, let's look at the year as the year goes on and write and see what comes together. I don't have a website, um, but if you want to know more about me and my books, you can go to, um, www.dldbooks.com slash Sally Rosenthal slash and find out a little more.
2: And how do you spell and Rosenthal? Thank you. How do you spell thank Rosenthal?
1: You. How, do you spell Rosenthal? how do you spell Rosenthal? How
8: do you spell Rosenthal? Oh, and there's no space between Sally and Rosenthal.
2: Okay. And so just so uh, the audience can be primed, Sally will be on our show for our first show of 2023. About January 6th. Peonies in, uh, peonies in winter. Yeah, January 6th. So we look forward to talking mm-hmm. more in depth about that. Uh And thank you, Sally, oh. for, for being part of this. Thanks, Keep Sal. up
1: the good work Thanks, Peter. And,
2: and happy early thank birthday you. to you. Yeah, so, thank happy you. <laughs> 70th. How could I forget? Happy, yeah. happy, happy, happy 70th. That's a, that's an yeah.
4: awesome Thanksgiving reading everyone. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yes, yes ma'am. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you all for this opportunity to talk a little bit about my chat book. It's, it's a book entitled The Christmas Carriage and Other Writings of the Holiday Season. And wow. I appreciate your perfect timing because <laughs> my book spans from Thanksgiving until the new year through January. And the first part of the book uh, actually begins with a memoir about my years of growing up in Indiana and spending, of course, Thanksgiving celebrations there. And I also have in that first Thanksgiving section a short story entitled The Thanksgiving Phone. And that is actually... About a military family. And then there's a little how-to piece. But after that, the book, which is, uh, just has a beautiful cover of a Christmas carriage here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, of course in the snow. And I live, uh, where the carriage used to go all the time. But during the holiday season, of course there are jingle bells on the horses, and it's just such a a festive idea of having these holiday Christmas carriages. And so I always thought at some point I would write a story about that, and I also happened to have, uh, many years ago, a student, an older student, who told me that her dream was to someday ride on one of the horse-drawn carriages here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I put those two ideas together and I came up with the title story of this collection, The Christmas Carriage, and it's about a senior citizen who woman who is spending Christmas Eve alone and what happens to her on her late night Christmas Eve carriage ride? Uh, there are a number of other pieces, uh, essays, m- memoirs, poems, and other short stories in the Christmas section. And one of my favorite pieces is called Leader Dog Zoe visits the U.S. Capitol Christmas tree. And it was about a time when in the park, Catty Corner from where I live, uh, the actual Christmas tree was making its way from Minnesota to Washington, D.C. And one of its many stops was here in Milwaukee. And so my third guide dog of four, Zoe, and I went to the park and not only visited the Christmas tree that was going to be at the Capitol building. But we had an opportunity to sign this huge area uh, to let other people know that there was a guide dog, a leader dog, who had actually gone to see the U.S. Capitol Christmas tree as it was making its way. So I wrote a recent memoir piece or or an essay about that. And um, I have other short stories, one about a homeless person. I follow that up with an essay about a homeless person as well. And then I have for New Year's Eve, I have The Puppies of New Year's Eve, a short story. And then I do have two or three poems in the book that are very good for reading aloud to children. The final poem in the January piece is called Snow Dancers, and it's sort of a a fantasy piece that, children would really enjoy, although the other readings in the collection are really more for adults. So as as I said, it spans from Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year's. So if anybody needs a little hostess book to give as a gift or another small book that you want to give as a gift, this one can work very nicely. It is available, of course, from Amazon. And it is also available in audio from BARD, so you can download it. It's DBC08305, DBC08305. And it is also available in Braille, I'm delighted to say, from uh Audio and Braille Literacy Enhancement here in Milwaukee. They have a very easy website. It's ablenow.org. Yes, it is able again, www.ablenow.org. And I, this is a book that was one of those blogs to book kind of book because the majority of the pieces in the book were once upon a time on my blog, which I began in January of 2013. I'm still doing the blog once a week as planned, uh, that it would just be a weekly literary blog. And so as far as the writing I'm doing currently, I am continuing with my blog writing and hope that someday soon I will publish two or three of my children's books, as well as a book, a uh, collection of my poems and memoirs of Indiana. Although I've lived in Milwaukee since 91, I always say, uh, I'm still a Hoosier at heart. And so I hope someday to have a book about, uh, my Indiana. <laughs> so, but thank you again for this lovely opportunity. Well,
2: Alice, be- Alice, before you go, a, a brief, a quick comment. And that is, first of all, condolences uh for both the uh, colts and the packers you know, i don't know how much of a sports <laughs> but look at far, our
4: bucks would you please that's
2: true the bucks are bucks are you know are doing well cuz it's so early yes ganesh
4: used to live not very far from where i live just really? a month or so away yes
2: okay. so Alice, i i'm embarrassed that we didn't know about this book until now because we we would have happily brought you on board to interview this you more fully i'm oh. sure bob agrees with me on this so, well, I
4: appreciate your time today yeah. very much. It, but,
2: but, but what I, I am saying, and Bob, Bob, I'm fairly sure you agree that we, we should bring you back to talk about this book in, in more depth sometime, you know, next year sometime, even though it's sort of, you know, whatever. So if that interests you, um, when the time comes, uh, you know, you can send me a copy of the book and we'll, um, you know, we'll talk about it some more.
4: Thank you. Thank you yep. very much. I
2: agree. Yeah. Okay. It's thank a you, Alice.
4: DLD book also. So I have that DLD book Duck com slash Alice Massa slash as well. I don't want to forget that. It's such a lovely. How do
1: you spell
2: Massa?
4: M A S S A, and I always say it's just like the first five letters of the state where Bob lives, Massachusetts.
1: And that's DLD books, plural S. Yes, Yes.
2: DLD books.
1: Massa is also the Portuguese word for sweetbread.
4: I remember you telling me that,
2: Bob. <laughs> I, I'm not going to comment you. on that particular comment, but uh thank you so much. Um, thank
4: you, Alice. Happy okay. holidays, everyone. Happy ho- yeah, Happy Thanksgiving,
2: and uh, keep up the good work. And we'll we'll bring you back sometime next year. Talk about the book.
5: Thank you, Peter.
4: Lord,
2: yeah. yeah, All right, who's next?
5: Okay, we have Marlene.
2: Marlene, and she's our
5: last hand right now. Okay. Hi, uh, Marlene. Hi, Bob. Apparently, you and I are neighbors or were because i am originally from manchester new hampshire oh but now i live in uh, virginia since 1990 so
1: much warmer state
5: yeah i miss the snow too we hardly have i have to run out and take a picture because it's gone by the end of the day <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay
5: oh uh, anyway um i'm a christian author um uh, this is my first time here so uh my website is marlsmenagerie.com. dot m right.
2: okay you're going to spell, spell it. that saying.
5: please m a r l s m e n a g e r i e dot com
2: and why that website name.
5: Because um, menagerie is kind of a collection. It can be a collection of animals or a collection of a bunch of things. And um, I write in different genres, so I just thought it would make a great uh name for my website uh, uh, unique. And um, some of my poetry books in the future will have Marl's Menagerie in the beginning of their titles, so it will help people remember the website. Okay. Good. I write primarily... Um, Christian mystery, um, romantic suspense, fantasy, short stories, poetry, and when I have to, nonfiction. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm primarily <laughs> a fiction writer. I have books that you can find almost everywhere. The problem is you have to order them because I'm an independent author and they're not readily carried, and especially since I'm not hardly known at all. Um I have a novel called The Cat Stalker's Sonnets, which is a romantic suspense. I have, oh, most of my books are, uh, like I said, available almost everywhere. They're in print, ebook, and I have four audiobooks on Audible and as well as other platforms where you can buy audiobooks and, um, through Digital media you can o- request Them through your library through hoopla Or through overdrive So the cat stalker sonnets Is a romantic suspense Novel I have um, That's only in print and ebook I have a collection of short Stories four short stories called The spirit of One*. that's the most Recent book that is a fantasy Mystery And it um, it was originally supposed to be audio only because it's a combination of four stories that were in different anthologies. So I had to do an ebook on Amazon so that Audible would take it. So it is, there is an ebook available. In poetry, I have a chapbook called Edgy Poetry, which has 30 coins and they go from, uh, uh, they increase in, shall we say, sinisterness <laughs> as they go along. That's why it's called Edgy Poetry. I have, that's only in print, an ebook, a book called The Author's Edge, and the foreword for that was written by award-winning poet, author, artist, Linda McKinney Lambert. And, um, that is available in audio as well as print and ebook. And then I have, uh, let me see. I have my series. I have two books in my Four Elements of Mystery series that are available in audio as well as print and ebook: The Purging Fire and The Snowball Effect. And uh, that's what I have to date.
2: So. Um- a question for you. I'm just, i just out of curiosity. What does it mean to you to be a Christian author? What does that mean to you?
5: To me, I, I don't believe in being preachy. I believe in, I obviously believe in God. So I try to um, give my perspective on on how we're all struggling in life, no matter what. You know, it's just the way it is. And my spe- perspective on how God can be real in a person's life and be a part of your life and not, not just some entity out there that's not understood or, or lived. Try, try to put God into, into the story and into the lives of the people that are in the stories.
2: So what, what is your most recent book out at, uh, the most recent thing you've gotten published?
5: The Spirit of One, which is the four short stories. Okay, oh, so. and my, my narrator is Timothy G. Little, L-I-T-T-O-E, I don't pronounce the L's very well. Um I, I was just so amazed. Um the, the Purging Fire has a lot of characters, voices that are, that I had certain things in mind for, and he was spot on after I gave him some guidelines, he was spot on with the voices, so I am so pleased how he's brought the books to life. So the audios, hmm? Sorry. Go ahead. The audio, the, the Spirit of One, the Author's Edge, and the two books in the mystery series. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, uh, I interrupted you. That's my fault. So, so listen. Talk, talk about. The, the, you said there are four short stories. or your most is your most recent book? Give us a sense of what what those stories are about.
5: Okay. Um, one door knocking is a essentially a haunted house story. Um. One Man's Destiny is a story about spiritual warfare with salvation as a theme. One Man's Quest, Seeking the Unpardonable Sin, is a fantasy. And, oh, Timothy just does amazing with all the animals and the talking mountain and the trees that talk and the birds. It's just... (laughs) Unbelievable There's poetry in there Riddles And I think it's a really fun story And it was so hard to write But I think it came out really well And the fourth story is One weekend in the woods Where uh, a man uh, Goes on a camping trip uh, With his wife's dog Which is an English master Which is a large breed dog And um He has to come to grips with With his um, how he's been treating people, and he learns through his dog about unconditional love. And my husband used to breed Old English Mastiffs, so we're very familiar with the breed, and we've had it oh, all of our all my adult
2: life. So thank you for that, um, Bob. How much time do we have left? We
1: have about nine minutes.
2: Okay. So uh, um, I I, I want to make a comment, and I'd love for any of the folks on the call who want to react to this and sort of listening to these um presentations they've all been terrific and really interesting and thank you for all doing this on on the uh on such short notice it struck me is that a a theme of many of these books we've heard about has to do with sort of being lost and being healed you know um there seems to be a common theme about that uh running through many of these books um and it strikes me that given what we've gone through as a society over the past couple of years, you know, with the COVID and, you know, all that stuff that we're, you know, trying to come out of the other side with and all the challenges that we're still experiencing, um, as a result of, you know, the, the virus and, what, and how we reacted to it, um, is that seems to be a common theme these days, you know, you, you know, the whole issue of mental illness and recovery and, and how do you deal with something as traumatic as that we, that we all went through? and it seems to be a, a sort of a, a common theme these days i'm sort of curious if there's any author out or anybody who has a reaction to sort of this this observation of mine you know uh you know being lost being you know healed um you know any any of that kind of stuff any reaction to that any hands raised or anybody want to make a comment uh
3: leonard has his hand up
7: okay leonard Uh, yeah, I have my hand up because I'm an author and I thought I might. Oh, I
2: forgot. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, Leonard, how are you? Ignore my question and talk about, talk about Merlin and uh, other stuff.
7: No, I'm just uh, going to talk about uh, a book I'm, I'm putting together right now and also a book that I've already written. I, I guess you don't know about it. It's, uh, it's a book of poetry. It's, uh, it's called Journey to Elsewhere and it's available on Amazon. But what I'm thinking of writing is I've got a bunch of short stories that have to deal with, uh, a lot of weird conversations, uh, that I've had with, uh, fictitional creatures, uh, one of whom's my mother. She shows up in a number of these short stories. Uh, for example, there's one in which my mother is a gremlin. Uh,
1: uh. Quite the imagination now. Uh,
7: yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, another one is, um uh, Septic Gnome. It's about a gnome that, who's, uh, lives in a sewer, my sewer, <laughs> septic, and he has, uh, a, a rather, uh, he has a personality. Uh, another one is about, well, I just finished one on, uh, he's a gnome of a, of a, uh, swamp. He's a swamp gnome, only he's really, a gnome in Washington D.C., you know, where they're supposedly drain this, want to drain the swamp. Uh, I, I got one in which I'm talking to a beet. It's called Herbie the Beet. In fact, that one was published a long time ago. Uh
1: Anyway, Herbie the what?
7: Herbie the beet.
2: The beet. Yes, the beet. Is it vegetable beets?
7: Yes, but this is one that talks to me.
2: Yeah. Okay. Scary, Scary thought. <laughs> a beet talking. <laughs> No, he's a very, he, Beat be should be uh, consigned to the dustbin of history in my not so humble opinion, but I, I digress. Go ahead, Letter.
7: He's a very lovable character. you like him. <laughs>
2: so I, I, I think I read that one about the swamp, the swamp gnome.
7: Yeah, it's a great um,
2: yeah. uh, And yeah, it a rec- he po- recently posted it and it was it was charming. You know, it was an interesting story and, uh, um, there is something to be said about, uh, DC of course was a swamp and all that, but it was, a, it was a good story. Um, so, uh, is this book coming out or is it out yet or what, what's the status of the, your gnome stories?
7: Um, I'm just beginning to get the, all the pieces together. I have a, a long history of writing and, and, uh, I should have enough to get at least a small book, uh, ready with your book of poetry. Okay.
2: Well, um, you know, when it comes out, let us know. I will let us know, and we'll we'll go from there. So, um, Bob, how are we doing for time? Oh, four minutes. All right. Uh, any any uh any hands raised? We do not have any hands at the moment. Okay. So, I I just want to sort of reiterate what I've been what I've been sort of talking about. Uh, I um I just think that we're in a really interesting time for writers and for artists in general. We've, as I said before, we've gone through a lot of time with lots of isolation. We're trying to sort of get back together as a community, um, with some success and some not so much successes. And I think books like the, the uh, books that we've heard about today, you know, about healing through animals or healing through, um, a creator, uh, or, um, uh, you know, what Annie's writing about with her, with her, um, therapy dogs, I think are really timely topics. And I just encourage the, the writers who are writing on this stuff to keep 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 going, because I think there's a there's a real market and a real need for such stuff. Alice talk about what goes on in a lonely person's life and a sleigh ride. If I understood that that plot properly,
1: Peter, um, Peter would it be yeah, safe to you. assume that with the virus, it gave people more time to write? Would that do you think that might be an
2: important? Well, thing? it's it's certainly it's certainly true for musicians, and I'm sure it's true for authors too. But you know, uh, I, speaking for myself as a as a person who sort of straddles art and music and a few other things um you really do you know even though it is a solitary art to create and bob i know you you know you understand this you really need to at least for me i need to be out there in the community sort of hearing what's going on around me to, to uh, you know to 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 get ideas and to get a sense of what's going on and it was much harder to do that you know back you know when covid was was ascendant um and you know and now we're we're trying to sort of get back into the community mindset and it's some, we're doing well in some ways and not so in other ways. And I think it's, it's a really common, I think it's going to be a common challenge we're going to be experiencing over the next couple of years.
1: let see the workforce.
2: We, and the workforce is a major issue, but you know, with families, you know, we're still having, we're still having issues about, you know, uh, their families were divided about who, who, who should or who, who should not wear masks, right? <laughs> who should, who should get the injection? I mean, all that stuff is, is people are now trying to, to sort of recover from all that stuff and that's why I think books like the um, that the ones we've talked about today might have some real some real merit around uh, on the edges. And so I hope that the authors who have spoken you know continue to write. And I hope those of us who um you know who read the stuff read it and read it with a you know with with a sense of where we are in 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 the in the world these days.
7: You and know? I
1: hope all of our listeners took notes on the websites so they can find the books themselves and take a shot and read them as well.
2: So thank you. Uh Thank you for all of you for doing this on such short notice. Uh, and uh I think next week, um, and you, all of you are welcome to join us again. We're going to be dealing with Thanksgiving, just sort of talking about what Thanksgiving means to us and what we did for Thanksgiving. And, you know, a sort of a very relaxed kind of conversation. Like meeting. Yep. And we, we hope that you will join us for that.
1: And I want to thank, you know, all of our authors. I mean, uh, as authors ourselves, uh, Peter and I—not that we need to be authors to understand what you do, because uh, that's the, you know we all know that you do a great job. But as authors ourselves, we certainly know what you do and how you do it, and the work that's involved. Keep up the good work, everyone. We appreciate you, and thank you, Andrea, for filling in for Ray today as our host. And and uh, you know, God bless you. Not as a well. problem.
3: Be happy to happy to help.
1: All thank right. Yeah. So Thanks thank you. So Thank you and go safe with God's abundant blessings. Talk to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving ha- happy everybody. Happy
2: Thanksgiving and happy Thank ter- you. and happy f- watching football, right? You know, that's that's what we're going to. Go Patriots. Yeah. Go Chiefs.